two, one. Holy crap! The whole wrestling world is evolving <laughs> around us, pasty. It just keeps moving forward. Yes. Going forwards, backwards, left and right. Shit. Wish Darwin could see this. Darwin is spinning in his grave. I tell you what. But it's good. It's good because you constantly need to be moving forward. If you stay still, you're going to die. And no, that's that, those words are not truer in any other place than in entertainment. It's all about moving forward. Shit, speaking of moving forward and evolution and entertainment, I gotta take this brief moment to give a shout-out to Trip City for releasing his new album, Graffiti as Metaphor. You can find it on many streaming services, such as datpiff.com, bandcamp.com, and even on youtube.com. The album comes in at a full ten tracks at about a half-hour listening time. So if you got the time to listen to our podcast, you sure as hell got time to listen to some fucking good core boom bap hip hop dude don't miss out on it graffiti as a metaphor he says it's gonna be his last album but I won't let that happen and neither should you folks check it out but you know moving forward evolving the next step in human evolution is galactic and no, I don't mean Galactus, the Eater of Worlds from the Fantastic Four. But I'm talking about none other than, you've probably heard us say it before, the Galactic Get Down Music and Camping Festival. The outer space-themed festival you need to see to believe. God, it's coming up so fucking fast, man. I'm not even ready. I've been waiting for it. I'm like, it's not here yet. Why isn't it here yet? Now it's, it's almost here, and I'm like, oh my god, it's here. <laughs> I'm not even ready. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even close to being ready. Uh, yeah, this weekend I'm getting the air mattress out, making sure that's working. Get, they're getting the tent out, making sure that's got all its pieces and places and parts. I'm trying to, trying to budget some money, not only for gas and for food, but for booze and... Whatever else. Okay, that leads me uh, to another thing I didn't bring up. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I was uh, browsing through the groups on Facebook today, and somebody was giving away foam microphone covers. So hopefully they'll be in here or be here in time for the get down. They're supposed to be sending them out to me soon. Oh yeah, I have or had one. I think I threw mine away to be honest. <laughs> Just like one that slips over the tip, you know. Yeah, I, I want. I wanted to no, like I, a I still news broadcaster that have the cloud style logo on them, but oh, you mean not not a microphone cover, but a a a, a handle cover, like the, for the stick. It's what, what I'm getting is a microphone cover. I would like the handle cover. Okay, but... okay, you confused yeah. me already, pasty guy. We haven't I know. started. Oh, I'm terrible. Even... Haven't even opened a fucking beer yet, and I'm already confused. Yeah, I got, I got a foam folks. cover. I, I should make a, uh, I should make a microphone cover for us, like a little, like a little cube, a cube. I call it a Where cube. are you gonna get a cube of foam? Who said it has to be foam? It's just gotta have our logo on it, baby. 
Uh, I'm trying. I had a whole bunch of awesome marketing gimmicks I wanted to bring out to the Galactic Get Down with us, but that just didn't didn't happen. Yeah. No, but finally finding myself becoming more financially stable after the festival. Our boy, our boy Corey <laughs> Matthews didn't quite come through for us like he should have. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's our fault. Maybe our listeners haven't went to him and ordered enough. That's right. Corey Matthews, Monster Wear Clothing, providing you with the finest in vinyl decals, custom-painted hockey masks, and custom t-shirts. Yes, fully ready for you, my friends. Quick turnaround times, high-quality product, great customer service. Yes, Monster Wear Clothing. Hit him up. Tell him Pasty White sent you. He'll treat you real nice. And maybe get us some merch, baby. Come on, people. You gotta merch, help baby. us out. I'm working mean? on it. I'm working on it. You know, lately we've been talking about doing things a little differently around here in the future. Maybe, maybe having a website and I... Trying to branch ourselves out as much as possible in this next year, make things go. So yeah, hopefully soon we'll have a merch store. We're working on it, folks. We're working on it. All, working. Sh- all things come working. to those who wait. Don't worry. You know, you got to focus on the product at first, and now it's time to focus on some of the other shit. Like yeah. this comes naturally, man. Every week we sit down on Wednesday. Wait, it's Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, yeah. What? We missed a fucking day. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. And then I woke up this morning, July 26th, 2018, and it was 50 fucking degrees outside. That's right. We missed one day and switched seasons. It's it's the evolution. We threw off evolution. <laughs> the world doesn't know how to keep up. It's crazy. But we do got big things coming up, folks. This next year is going to be wild. We're growing. We're working on it. You'd be surprised how much we are. Balding. I better not be balding. Balderdash. Balding like Sammy Callahan. Callahan? What? Who said that Impact name? Yeah, we watched an Impact pay-per-view, and guess what? I don't regret it. The no. first hour, maybe. Even the first hour was pretty good. I'd, I'd put it over most of WWE's first hours. Yeah, but when I'm watching, I it's the summer of others, so I can't compare it to WWE. I have to compare it with Ring about, of Honor and Lucha this? Underground. It, I was going to say, it was, uh, it was better than the first hour of um, Dominion. Or, or, no, of a G1 special. I would say the first hour of, of this was better than the first hour. Now, don't get me wrong. The G1 special was, like, five hours, and this was three hours. So, there's a difference there, but I was surprised at how fairly consistent they actually were. They're making the right moves forward. They're evolving, folks. They're taking mm-hmm. the right steps forward. Should we, should we hop right into it, Pasty? I think we could get right into it. Yeah. So, um, and I, I did end up... Pasty. But first, 
<laughs> Folks, you gotta get your galactic get down pre-sale tickets fast because pre-sales end Tuesday at noon. And then you gotta pay at the gate, and that's a full honey for the weekend. There is day passes available, of course. And there's a pre-show for an additional $20 fee. It's gonna be a good weekend. If you have a pass. Yeah, if you have a pass. I said additional. Additional. (laughs) It's a subtractional. I know, you just got gotta specify it, because some people will show up and they'll just be like, Hey, I want a pre-show with 20 bucks, and it's like, nope, sorry. Um, yeah, um, first match was a fatal four-way, which, uh, it had Phoenix, Pentagon Jr.'s brother, of course, Tajiri, the Maple Leaf Muscle, Petey Williams, filling in for a concussioned Rich Swan, which was, a uh, which was sad. I, Not I, Tajiri. Or, yeah, yeah, or, or, uh, no, no, Taiji, sorry. Taiji Ishimori. <laughs> You're right. I'd have been more excited for the first hour if Tajiri was in. I know. I'm... Although, I mean... I'm only half with it. Taiji is a Bullet Club member, so that he was kind of cool to see. Kind of cool to see in the Impact Zone. And, um... And Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison... Johnny Mundo! John, um... Hennigan, whatever the fuck you want to call him, he was there. He ended up winning. Johnny Impact won this, which is good. I'm a huge fan of his. Out of everybody in there, him and Phoenix are probably my top guys, and I'd still put Johnny above them. Man, I was pulling for Petey Williams the whole time. (laughs) Maple Leaf Muscle, Maple Leaf Muscle. (laughs) I mean, they were in Canada. Let the Canadian win. It's the fucking first match. Right, and it would be it would be something that nobody would have expected. Very rarely does the person filling in end up winning. It would have been cool, and no, nothing was on the line, so it actually would have been really Rich awesome. Swan would have been there. That but. is true. Also, I was really looking forward to Rich Swan here. I've missed him since he's been gone. From yeah, that WWE. was my selling point to get Kirsten to sit and watch it with me. <laughs> and you lied to her. See a couple of people you're kind of familiar with. It, it'll be good. It'll be good. She's she still had to know a handful of them. Maybe not. And then I'm like, oh yeah, and Tommy Dreamers in a House of Hardcore match. It's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> I'm a uh, liar. So this match, Pasty, it was all right. It was a fatal four way. I don't think there was anything extravagant. One thing that bothered me was the um. The camera shots, the camera angles, it looked like they just weren't, the, the whoever was on camera and whoever was in the back picking the shots just were not ready. Like, they were yeah. just scrambling, and it just, it really, it it bothered me to watch. It was uncomfortable Could it watching. Be because of the inclusion of P.D. Williams kind of throwing off what the match plans were in the first place? I would hope That's not, what my because, because if you're a pro wrestling cameraman, and I don't know... I don't know if, if um, Impact Wrestling outsources their cameramen or uses their well, own. Impact I would hope is they hard have. professional. I know, but they they seem to be trying to get their shit together. Um, yeah, but you, I mean, if you're if you are shooting a pro wrestling event, you should be used to people calling the matches on the fly. You don't really know what's going to happen. 
And it shouldn't even be the cameraman's fault. It should be the guy behind the scenes. The guy behind the scenes should be looking at all the monitors and say, this is where we should be. This is where we should be. Make sure you get this. This is coming up. I mean, how big of a difference could one-fourth of the people make to where nobody knew what the fuck they were doing? If that was well, you what know, it was. It's the ref's job to uh, kind of communicate things to people, and maybe maybe the ref is supposed to communicate with the cameramen as well. I'm not 100% certain of that, but I know at least in one match on this pay-per-view, might have been this one, might not have been, I can't remember, but it seemed to be that they had a 12-year-old referee in the ring. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that or not. Holy shit, was that kid young. Yeah, he was. Made me think I could have thrown my son up in there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the refs shouldn't be talking to the cameraman. That should all be coming from the production, so... But, yeah, he was a little kid. Anyways, I guess I've talked more about this match than I thought we would have, but, I I mean, it was a, it was an okay oh, match. Don't go out of your way to see it. On the one note, I thought we were supposed to talk about this match for 12 minutes and 30 seconds. We're, well, we've, we've, we've filled up to 15 minutes of it. God damn. God damn. God damn. Um... Yeah, I mean, again, all right. Everybody kind of got to put, everybody got to show their shit. You got to see the bone soldier, you know. It's good to see the bone soldier out there. Who knows I'll where show he's... you my bone soldier in about a week. Who knows where he's going to fit in in this whole bullet club <laughs> thing if it's... I almost feel, yeah, I don't know. I think, I, I almost feel like you might be right, Pacey, that it turns into a Hollywood wolf pack thing with... A bunch oh, of yeah. the a bunch of the other guys joining the uh, not the heat. And I mean, if you're the they, Bullet uh, Club, why the fuck wouldn't you? Everybody's been comparing you to NWO this whole time. Yeah. And they got enough. So people. why wouldn't you, just despite those people, <laughs> play out the rest of the story? Right. Go for it. I want to see why a fucking. The fuck not? I want to see a finger poke of doom. I want to see finger <laughs> poke of doom. It'll Between be Kenny Omega, Omega and Cody. Yep, and Cody. Yep, I want to see it. <laughs> Book it! Uh, <laughs> next up, we had what I actually thought was a really good match. Allie against Tessa Blanchard. Um, Allie, of course, is is better than she has any right to be. She always has been. She surprised me at how good she is as a um, as a wrestler. She's far I really from wish she had a last name. Why? Just going by Allie doesn't cut it for me. I don't know. It's just well, like it's too flat and simple and eh. She used to be she used to be Cherry Bomb and she was really badass as Cherry Bomb. Um And uh oh man, wh- who was her tag team partner? Um uh, for the life of me, I can't even remember. Um anyways, uh, I mean, she's been around for, oh gosh, <sighs> probably almost as long as there's been, like, Impact and Ring of Honor. I mean, easily be- by by t- by 2010, she was around. Because um, I, I know I remember, oh, she was with uh, Kimberly as as the Kimber Bomb. So, um, oh. and I mean, she's been around forever. Just really super talented. And she she is just a cute girl. She has that look about her. She's just cute. Tessa Blanchard, of course, the daughter of Tully Blanchard. You can tell Impact is investing heavily in her. This was kind of a showcase for her. 
Oh, I've heard recently that she's re-signed with them, or close to re-signing with them. I mean... Well, it could be a good or a bad thing, investing in Tessa Blanchard. I kind of like what they're doing with her, but I don't know that I like her. She has a ways to go. She's still green. But if she has any of the uh, skill that her father had, and if they keep giving her good competition like this, you know, putting her in against uh, Sue Young and putting her in against everybody that they have, it could definitely be good. Against Sue Young, they should be putting her with Sue Young. That would She's be... playing kind of the, the stuck-up heel already, so... Right. That would be a, an interesting and a formidable team, and she could learn a lot from Sue Young. That would be nice. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. What would you think of this match? It was okay. When it was over, I was kind of happy that it wasn't the only women's match of the night because I was underwhelmed. Once again, I haven't watched Impact since probably like 2009, 2010-ish. Like back when uh, Madison Rain and Bully Ray's wife. Velvet Sky, yeah, the beautiful people. Yeah, Velvet Sky were like the top of the knockoffs division. Yep. It was cool to see Madison Rain on this pay-per-view, though. I, I'll give it that. And I I'm think glad she's back. Yeah. She, uh, she's another one who's who's grown a lot. When she first came in as a wannabe beautiful person, I really had little respect for her, cause, and she didn't do much. But as she grew in that company, I think by the time she left, you could easily put her in the top 25 women wrestlers. Top 20 women wrestlers. I mean, and we'll, we'll, we'll sing her praises in a little bit. Uh, Pacey, your favorite match of the night was the House of Hardcore match with Tommy Dreamer yes. taking on the insane, crazy Eddie Edwards. Fucking crazy, jealous, neurotic Eddie Edwards. Like the epitome of a horrible person. <laughs> I was really excited for this match. And then I was like, wait, what about Tommy Dreamer's last match in WWE? Or was it Ring of Honor? I can't remember. Either way, not so great. And this match fell right under that bubble. (laughs) Shit. I mean, they even teased the fucking flaming table again. I know. Ah! They, no payoff. They are going to have to, uh, they're going to have to follow through on that. Maybe at Bound for Glory, at the big one, you know. Because they've teased it now a few times. they got to follow through with it and give us a flaming table. I know the biggest problem is, nowadays, the world is different than it used to be. And it's hard to get, um... You got to get the permits for that. You have to have the fire marshals check it out ahead of time. You have to either perform it for them or walk them through it. You have to have all that stuff in hand. So it's it's a heavy investment to do a spot involving fire. The more fire, the more investment it is. So I get that. But it's the boy who cried wolf. You can only te- tease it so many times before you have to give it to us. Right. 
do thumbtack. You know, do something you can actually follow through with. Flaming table, just not good. Not and good. it's and then the the very awkward passing of the kendo stick at the end of the match. That was super awkward. It was so awkward. It wasn't even symbolic. Tommy's just like, why am I still holding this thing? I'm tired. Here, take this. <laughs> and, and, um, honestly, I mean, for me, Eddie Edwards is a, is an amazing face. He's one of those few people, he's an amazing face. I don't think he's the best heel. I don't think he works best as a heel. And this crazy persona. I don't know. I, I hated him in this match. <laughs> the crazy persona, I think, helps him. Like, think so? he, he's the epitome of a man that I can't stand See, that I, persona. So. I get them trying it, but I just. I don't know. It, to me, I think of my. You're talking to my uh, wife! My good old Eddie Edwards. And, Bet uh, you fucked her too! It doesn't work well. Not for me. No. I guess I don't. I don't buy it as as well. I I, I like that they tried something because Eddie Edwards can come off as bland sometimes. Other than in the ring, with he's a name fantastic. like Eddie Edwards, <laughs> right? Bland would be a gimmick. Yeah, the, yeah. The American Wolves were just bound to be bland. Eddie Edwards and Davy Richards. Like, could you find American four more, Wolves? Four? Could you find four more just blase names? But, <laughs> um. No, I love Eddie. His his in-ring work is just amazing and he's just super talented. He's not the best on the mic and I'm I don't fault them for giving him something different and trying something different. I personally didn't think it worked great, but you know, everybody has their own opinions. <sighs> Tommy Dreamer. Tommy, let's talk about Tommy for a minute. Let's talk about Tommy. This baby. man has put himself through hell for so many years. He can't even hardly take a small bump on his ass. You see a flash of real pain cross his face before he starts to sell it like a wrestler should. Right. He he, he can't go anymore. Not the way he used to. And, I mean, he never really went. But, I mean, easy dub. This match was slow. It was hard to watch it made me sad I mean what else is there to say about it what were some of the other spots I know kendo sticks were a major thing the fire table spot was something oh, I'm trying to think uh, the problem was is there's another fucking great ass fight later in the card that just kind of wiped this one right off the map two other hardcore yeah, okay, badass two. matches yeah um, yeah, this one just doesn't come... Out of all of them, it just isn't as memorable. Really? Um, it just... I, I, I it, it was good. Um, the whole Tommy Dreamer thing, especially the passing of the torch when Eddie Edwards just really isn't a hardcore wrestler. Just right. really seemed even more awkward and just, like, they just tried to give it a purpose even though it didn't have a purpose, if that makes sense. No, I totally get it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It, it was all right. It doesn't make any sense. But again, like like you had said, you had talked to me, and you had said, you know, you could probably skip the first hour. And if I was telling anybody about this show, I would probably say the same thing. I enjoyed the Blanchard Alley match. 
fucking, it's not something you had to watch necessarily. Yeah. So, so I, I, I would say, yeah, you could easily see the first hour of this whole show, which kind of, yeah, it kind of seems to be the trend going forward on all of these shows. Uh, whatever happened to having, like, at least the opening match being just amazing, and I, I get it, they try to put these spot fests in for opening matches, but they're nothing that you're really invested in. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just I'm just getting jaded in old age, and I expect too much. It just made it rough for me, you know? I looked at this, I'm like, oh, it's a three-hour pay-per-view, this'll be easy, and then I get into the first hour, and I'm like, oh my god, there's two more hours of this. What the fuck? Why are people talking so good about this? Yeah, be blown away. And then hour two started. <laughs> and hour two. And shit got better. Yeah. Um. This this next match, I I, I would actually probably say, in my opinion, could also be sipped. But we got to talk about it. So we had Matt Seidel defending his X Division Championship against Brian Cage. Which, if you're a fan of Impact Wrestling, a fan of the X-Division, or a fan of those two guys, you probably think to yourself, well, that's weird. Because the X-Division, <laughs> the X-Title oh, isn't, okay. it isn't the Cruiserweight title, and in fact, it's not about weight limits, it's about no limits. But we all know it's kind of supposed to be for the more right. flashy the you wrestler. it's not about weight limits, it's about weight limits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, obviously the implications are already there. But no, here you got Brian Cage, a guy like Impact's version of Brockner versus Matt Seidel. Um, now, luckily, Matt Seidel is an extremely talented performer. And although I'm still not sold on Brian Cage, he's working and people pushing him. But the thing I see, well, I, I don't talk first and then I'll go on about my theories. Uh, it was kind of a, a Brian Cage showcase, wasn't it, Pasty? Yeah, very much. Um, Seidel hit some of his bigger moves, you know. He went for the, uh, well, the ending. Holy shit with the ending. Um, I don't know. I don't even think that was his ending. Uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't it. Oh, no, sorry, I'm mixing matches. Fine, also. Um, um, a lot of uh, Seidel's high-fly moves uh, according to work the legs like a smaller guy should do against a big guy. <coughs> Cage, um, Cage went for his discus forearm a couple times and missed it, but um, he ended up hitting it, I think, on his third try? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, sir. And then, um, what, I, I think, I, I, I can't, let me know, Pacey, if I'm wrong here, because I can't tell if I'm mixing matches or not, but I'm pretty sure towards the end, Matt Seidel went for his, uh, shooting star press, and, um, Cage got the foot up, and it just looked sick. Was that this match? Or am I making, sh or was it? I'm pretty no, sure. No, I think it was this match. I, I was going to say, I'm pretty match. sure it wasn't. The only other one I was thinking was it might have been the Austin Aries match, but I don't think it was. No, Austin Aries barely grabbed the ropes. Yep. Okay, so 
I'm pretty sure um, Saito went for the, the, the moonsault and Brian Cage got his foot up. And obviously everything went right, but it looked really good. And there, this is one place, like, that. this is why I think they just weren't ready at the beginning. Because the production team shot it from the perfect angle to where it looked like Brian Cage broke Matt Seidel's face with his boot. Mm-hmm. In all honesty, maybe he didn't even come close, but man, did it just look sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, the backlash, the way he sold it, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But um, Cage then got up from that, and I, th- I think it was right after that he hit the drill claw, and Brian Cage won the X Division Championship match from Matt Seidel, which I did not mm-hmm. see going into this. I really thought Seidel was going to retain because... Yeah, I thought so, too, with him being the more pure X Division contender. Just so, weird. Just but weird. that brings me to my theory. I was doing some driving today, and I... And as I, you often do. As I often do. <laughs> and I was thinking <laughs> about this, because I knew we were recording tonight, and I knew we were going to talk about this, and I thought to myself, well, the next show up is Slammiversary, or I mean is uh, Bound for Glory, and that's in New York. I, well, I'm going to do a little spoiler here, folks, because it works with my theory. I don't see Austin Aries losing his title until at least Bound for Glory. I think he's going to hold on to it. And Brian Cage is X Division champion. Now, if anybody knows anything about the history of the X title, when Austin Aries won the X Division championship, he created what was called Option C. And Option C meant it was almost like a money in the bank. He said if you had the X Division title... You could trade in your X Division title, give it up completely, no chance of you getting it back, for one shot at the at the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. So you could cash it in and become heavyweight champ, or you could cash it in, lose, and have no title. It's like an all or nothing. And Austin Aries like created, it. yeah, he created that option C. It's been used multiple times, not every and it time. it would lead to an Ultimate X match for the X Division Championship, would it not? Um, I don't know if I want to see Brian Cage in an Ultimate X match. He could be good, maybe. Well, I mean, but yeah, I mean, what if he either gains the title or just does so poorly he doesn't qualify to be in that match? Right. Just the vacant X well, Division Championship. And oh, oh, yeah. You mean you mean for the yeah? Okay, I see what you mean. Following up, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. They would do a. You would assume an Ultimate X. They could do a tournament. They, I mean, yeah, it's been done. Most of the time, somebody wins. Sometimes they lose. The thing that I thought was interesting, if if they did this, it would be Brian... Usually, option C means that a smaller X Division guy is trading in his X title for a shot against the usually bigger, more muscular, taller, beefier heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. And this would be a role reversal, and it would be perfect because it'd be against the guy who created option C. Now you'd have the bigger, stronger, more bulky cage cashing in against the smaller world heavyweight champion. And I just, to me, that alone makes this an intriguing story. Now, (laughs) they might do none of this, and it might just be stupid with Brian Cage being excavated. Man, it it, it writes itself, though. Like, I'm kind of salivating over this concept, and you just brought it up. I mean, I we very, very well see it happening. Yeah, we had Abyss X Division champion at one point, and that was stupid. 
Um, so it's been, the X Division title's been tarnished a time or two, but I don't know. I wasn't happy to see Brian Cage win it, but when I fantasy book, seems like it could be okay. Yeah. So long as they do it right. And, you know, for now at least, I have I have a decent amount of faith in what Impact can actually accomplish here. And before we move along, I should mention I did get myself a special brew for this evening. And I got a Goose Island Midway Easy Drinking IPA. Um, oh, I should tell a little story. I don't even think I told you this, Pasty. So last week, you know, I, I got that kind of bearish one because you always try yeah. to fucking say I won't drink that shit. And I liked it. It was good. It was more tart. It wasn't horribly sweet. It had nice undertones. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Until about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I had some of the worst gas that I've had <laughs> in my life. And from 3 in the morning... Until I went to bed that night, I had gas farts, I had awful burps, my stomach hurt from gas, I was taking gas X, I was taking omeprazole, I was fucking miserable. I am not gonna drink that beer again. Um, <laughs> I should, I don't even remember what it was called now. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, it, was. it was a Boulevard beer. Oh, you're right, it was Boulevard. And, and, again, it was good. The beer was very good going in. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It didn't give me an icky tummy at the time. But, oh, man. It, oh, it was called Jam Band Berry Ale. There you go. There you so, go. So, with us trying to tell folks how we feel about our beers, man, that one was really good going in. And I... I didn't have, like, anything crazy to eat. I don't remember what I had to eat, but it wasn't anything crazy. You know, I can't blame it 100% on the beer. It could have been some uh, multiple factors, but man. But since it was a fruity beer. (laughs) I'm going to just blame it. You're damn right. I'm going to bury it. Since I went out of the way to try a fruity beer to make people happy. I'm going to bury the berries, guys. I'm going to bury the berries. Uh, But this one, this Midway uh, IPA, it's, it's a really nice smooth, um, sit out on the beach. They say it has tropical hop aromas, slightly sweet malt notes, and a bright, clean finish. And it is. It's kind of a um, a tropical-tinted IPA. Very good. Goose Island's usually solid. And next week, I'll let you know how yeah, my tummy I've always enjoyed Goose Island. <laughs> hey! Uh, you don't know. I'm still finishing up my six-pack of Tangerine Express, my friend. The Tangerine Dream. Tangerine Dream. <sighs> yeah, I don't know how I made a six-pack last fucking five weeks, but I did it. Yeah, I have a hard time making a six-pack last through this show. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know, man. I, I think I've said it before on the show, but nowadays when I get to drink and I drink and then I'm like, I'm kind of dehydrated. I want some water. <laughs> Which is always good. I like drinking water with when I'm drinking also. We, oh, 
fun little side story. I got a new Fantastic Fables coming up uh, probably in a few months. My next one's going to be the Galactic Get Down. But we recorded one, me and uh, the original Beef Taco, B. We recorded a, a watch-along, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Anybody who likes that, look forward to watching it. But she uh, she went and bought some beer. She bought a just a 12-pack. We were just going to sit down, have a 12-pack, and watch the movie and joke. So we get here, we start getting the mic set up, getting the, the movie set up, and sit down, relax, and I go and I grab a beer, and I'm used to drinking tall boys normally, you know, but I grabbed it, and I was like, God, man, these things are just tiny when you're used to tall boys. Cracked it open, and it's like, son of a bitch, she bought eight ounce cans. <laughs> the tiniest beers I've seen in my day gum life. Eight so it was really kids. just a six-pack. Basically, yeah. Well, we left before we started recording. We left and bought another uh, six-pack. And then she also had a bottle of SoCo, and I had a bottle of Rebel Yell uh, bourbon. So, I mean, we were yes. we were well-equipped. It was just hilarious. So, uh, for the first time ever, I drank an eight-ounce can of beer while recording. If, if you listen to my Fantastic Fables when it comes out, folks, you'll hear it. And I finished that one beer in just a drink. I mean, I cracked the top, drank it, set it down, done. <laughs> it was uh, amusing to me. Speaking of, you had mentioned that your next uh, Fantastic Fables is going to be from... The Galactic Get Down. Next week, we will not be broadcasting on our normally broadcast day. No. We'll be coming to you live from the Galactic Get Down over the weekend. Probably on Santa Dizzle. Yes, so keep a lookout for that. We're going we're gonna to drop it live. As always, you can come back and stream it whenever you want. But it will not be on our normal Wednesday slash Thursday slash whichever day. <laughs> <laughs> but this week was just the warm-ups. We were off by one day. Next week, it's going to be a few. <laughs> we're just moving it around, testing the waters. <laughs> Still waters run deep. But we're, yeah, we're going to be putting, bringing a lot of shows to y'all. We're going to be bringing our uh, Fantastic Fables. We're going to be bringing Beef Sticks. We're going to be bringing Buttered Pop Culture. We're going to be bringing interviews. We're going to be we're going to be yeah, dropping Luke, all sorts of shit. Yes. Yes, yes. We're going to have Strategy with us. See how many shows we can wrap him into. Oh, every single Preferably one. Preferably all of them. For. Hopefully. Yeah. <clears throat> You'll, you're going to hear plenty of guests, folks. You'll hear guests. It'll be good. And not only not only are you going to get each and every one of our shows from the Galactic Get Down, but they're all going to be super-sized. Yes. Three-hour episodes. Three-hour episodes! You hear that, Bruce Pritchard? We're coming for your ass. <laughs> right? That's that's the good old days. We used to drop three hour episodes of Beef Sticks podcast. We used to drop it easily. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, very easy. Oh, it was. And scary. then we were like, wait, wait, we gotta we gotta pump the brakes just a little bit. <laughs> and I tried to negotiate like an hour, and then we negotiated to an hour and a half. 
half, but it's just been two hours. Two hours. Two hours is about the shortest show we can give you. That, yeah, it's it's hard to get less than that. Even our buttered pop cultures that we've been trying to bring in at under an hour are usually right around the 60-minute mark. It's it's hard to get much information yeah. out there without, you know, hitting an hour. It's really difficult. Right. And, and the way I look at it, my commute to work is like eh, 40 minutes, give or take, depending on traffic. And I enjoy having a podcast that I can listen to on the way to work and then finish up on the way home. Right. That's what I like. I would hate to give you guys a 20-minute podcast and only take up part of your commute time if that's when you choose to digest our show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, for me, and I'm, I'm very different than the average focal, as you all listening may know, but, you know, I can watch a 10, 15, 20-minute YouTube video, but it's hard for me... It's hard for me to dedicate only a half hour of listening. If I'm going to be listening, I want to invest time into it. I mm-hmm. want to be able to picture things in my head, and I want to be able to get invested, and... Yeah. As soon as we start moving on again, some of our bigger and better ideas and things, uh, we're going to be moving back into the video market for not just Beef Sticks Podcast, but for multiple shows, hopefully brand new shows. And in that case... We could easily be dropping you little, you know, 10-minute video things here. That would be fun to do. That's something I'm really interested and excited and playing around with. We just have to get the stuff. Yeah, there's more to it than than you would think. I mean, maybe not because there's a thousand and one eight-year-old kids that do it better, video better than us, but, (laughs) you know, we're getting there. You know who else is getting there, Pasty? Somebody who's getting there in a coffin, carried by her undead bridesmaids. That woman is Sue Young. Sue Young! Yeah, the undead bride. I just love, not only is she a great wrestler, I love her gimmick. A lot of people do oh, not yeah. dig this gimmick at all, and I guess Why? I understand it. But, well, it's, it's hokey if you want to look at wrestling as it shouldn't be hokey. Yeah, but she's a Japanese superstar, and she embodies what Japanese horror movies are. Oh, yeah. I, I agree so. 100%. Um, but she defended her knockouts championship against the, the aforementioned... The thing I don't like is the fucking baggy shorts underwear with holes cut in them so you can see that they're sagging off of her ass. They're called bloomers. That's the only complaint you get out of me. They're called bloomers. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. My ass cheeks are hot. I need to air them out. Yeah. It was weird. Okay. That's my only complaint. I was waiting for that. Uh, but yeah, she took on the, the aforementioned Madison Rain. And, uh, yeah. this was a really good, uh, I mean, Rain went after Sue Young right, right away as the bell went. You kind of have to against Sue Young. I would assume this being my first match watching Sue Young. Well, and, and you know, you have the undead bridesmaids at ringside and you have to assume they're going to interfere, which they did multiple times. Vaguely. They kind of just slowly walked 
They distracted. Cat. They distracted Rain. Like a like a good um I don't know, they're not managers, but a good second or a good you know, for a good heel you don't need somebody necessarily coming in and attacking the other person. You want somebody who comes in and distracts them, somebody who trips them a little, somebody who might hold a foot down, you know, somebody who just does these little things. Mm. Uh, I think. Um, I thought this match was very well played out. It was good to see Madison Rain again. I had assumed I would probably never see her again. And so for me to tune in to my first impact, anything in the better part of a decade-ish, not eight, nine years, right? to have her back, that, that made me happy. Yeah. She wasn't my favorite knockout back in the day, not by a long shot. But it's that touch of nostalgia you need. She's like, uh... God, what the fuck's her name? WWE old lady that's wrestling. Oh, Mickey James. Yeah, she's like she's the Mickey James. She's not an old lady, damn it. You're part of the problem, person. <laughs> uh, but it was the only way I could easily get you to be yeah. on track with who I was talking about. Right. That's why. I... Who is, by the <laughs> way... A, a former Impact Women's champ or Knockouts champion in her own right. So yes, indeed, she actually was part of the very first women's cage match and very first women's main event on a uh, on a on a uh, what do you want to call it a a, tele, a wrestling major television show. This so, match made me want to see Madison Rain versus what's her nuts. God, I'm bad. So her, bad. Her name is Mickey James. Yeah, Jamie Mick. Um, but it, it ended, um, Sue Young missed the mist. Ha ha ha! Um, hit one of the bridesmaids. Rain ended up hitting a cutter and a raindrop on her. And, uh, Thought just... Rain was gonna win for a second. I know, just as she was going for another cutter, Sue Young hit, latched on with the purge. And uh, and Rain did not tap. Rain did not get pinned. Rain ended up passing out from the purge. Uh, I love this. I, I know not too long ago, I think you and I had talked about this, how there's a lot of people who don't like this, but if you don't know, folks, and you haven't watched it, Sue Young's move, she has this, this uh, bride's glove, you know, like a white bride's glove, and it's covered in old mm-hmm. blood, or it's supposed to be covered in old blood, I'm pretty sure it's cherry Kool-Aid, but you gotta get sucked into it, and she, she gives a mandible claw, her her move is the mandible claw, she calls it the purge, but she gives you the mandible claw with what's supposed to be this nasty, old-blooded uh, glove. I love I th- that it's called a purge when it's a woman sticking her fingers down another woman's throat. I never That's thought about that. <laughs> That's actually good. I never thought about that. <laughs> hashtag anorexia is um, Hashtag say no to bulimia. Um, but after this, like you said, this was hashtag matches. <laughs> this was the best match. Two two amazing women right now in wrestling. So young easily have WE if they ever want her. <laughs> But she's doing just fine here in Impact. She does fine anywhere she wrestles, so he's going to be fine with me. I'll uh, go to WWE. Look at Asuka, look at Nakamura, look at any horror gimmick in WWE. Yeah, Nothing. Just never. 
<laughs> they buried the shit out of him. But nobody else ever did. Um, a boogeyman never did. Even Bray Wyatt and Broken are having a hard getting over what should be great gimmicks. Vince so, just don't get it. He don't get it, and when he don't get it, he shits on it. Vince likes to shit. I mean, I just gotta, just gotta put out there. Vince likes to shit. So, whatever. Oh, let's see. Another slight intermission. I was listening to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard this week. The newest episode. And I've never really tuned in very much, but I was wildly mind blown by the hip hop culture one, right? within that podcast. Yeah, yeah. But the, the beats, man, the beats in oh, the yeah. backdrop—that's what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. Holy shit! Holy shit! Is that purple pills by D12 and Eminem? Yeah, that is. Is that so fresh and so clean by Outcast? Fuck yes, it is. <laughs> And uh, for the life of me, I'm drawing a blank on who their um, their production guy is, their editor. But he is awesome. They they actually shout him out um, often. Oh, but I cannot think. I'm gonna try to look it up. But he, he I would is, just never associate Bruce Pritchard with hip hop instrumentals. Oh, oh, yeah. It was weird. And actually... It would made me happy. Conrad Thompson... And in a sense, it kind of took away from the podcast, because I was just kind of interested in what beat was going to come up next. Right. But I still listened, and I enjoyed myself, but good choices. He, um... Conrad Thompson also is around your age-ish, and so he actually is really into uh, um, 90s and early uh, 2000s hip-hop. So he drops a lot of that stuff on Bruce. Bruce usually doesn't know any of it. But actually, in <laughs> fact, at one point... Uh, I'd like to believe somewhere in the back of my mind that Bruce is the one who chooses <laughs> the music that plays during the show. At one point on uh, um, what happened when with Tony Schiavone, that Pritchard, Bruce asks Tony Schiavone what his favorite Tupac song is. And Tony raps his favorite Tupac song. And, whew, excuse me. It is hilarious. It is just hilarious. I love it. Um, I can't think of who the hell their producer is. Really good. I mean, he's he's on the ball. Just if you listen to the show, it's very well produced, very well edited, oh, yeah. very, very well done. I I haven't seen that table for three yet with Bruce Pritchard and JBL and Eric Bischoff. No. Wait, it was JBL at the table? I heard talk about it. Yeah, that is that is a weird one. We talked about it last week. I couldn't remember who it was. I haven't watched it, but apparently... See that? After they did one of the live Something to Wrestle shows, do a tour, and apparently Bischoff was just fucking drunk where they even started. Hey. <laughs> so I'm so happy that he could drink with the meal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not only was he already drunk, but he was so excited he could order the booze. That was gotta watch that one. I want to hang out. I want to hang out with Eric Bischoff. He seems like he'd be a fun guy to. I want to pick us up and just on an adventure. Fun. I think that'd be insane. <laughs> you have, you've never tried a podcast? Eighty three weeks. No, I should. I love me some bitch. It's it's really good. I actually thoroughly enjoy it. 
I will warn anybody who hasn't listened to it, though, it is a lot more of the business end of things and a lot less of, like, Bruce Pritchard, you get a lot of backstage stories and you get fun stuff like that. Tony Schiavone is usually watch-alongs and they do it Mystery Science Theater 3000 style and they laugh at how shitty it is and, and Tony Schiavone is just one of the funniest guys around. And this one is a lot more of the business side of things, so if you're not interested in the business side of it, it's probably not the best. Um, I actually thoroughly enjoy the business side of it, and I love that that show, 83 Weeks. But, yeah, it's a good one. I'll look into it. I did learn from that that podcast, 83 Weeks, that Eric Bischoff loves him some fat chicks. God, he loves him some fat chicks. (laughs) Which surprised me also. I didn't see Bischoff as a fat chick lover, but... It's pretty good. Where were we at? It's business. <laughs> it's business. Brett, <laughs> my favorite match of the entire night of Slammiversary. Yes, we are. You are Which right. Is, it's very hard to think. The next two matches are really good, and the next match is fucking off the chain. But LAX, Fantana versus the OGs, who Which is, is Hernandez and Homicide. Yeah, the original LAX. Yeah. Yes. And they're pissed that they got pushed out by two young nobodies and stick And I was like, oh, it's gonna be stupid. Fucking gang warfare on Impact Wrestling. But it was 5150 Street Fight. And holy shit! This was everything that would not have been. You know, Pacey, five years ago, this would have been just horrible on Impact. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I've never heard anything great about LAX to begin with. The original LAX? Yeah, generally, oh, I've heard mediocre and blah really? things. I will say Hernandez and, and I mean, is not my we favorite. We got Conan out of it. Hernandez is not my favorite guy in the world. He's your typical big man, although he's gotten better. But Homicide, oh, yeah. in the indie wrestling world, Pace, you're going to find people who argue that Homicide ain't one of the best pro wrestlers out there. Not only, but also just, like, technical. Homicide is an amazing wrestler. You didn't get to see much of Ted Prowse here, but you got out of his <laughs> Yeah, you fucking did. Oh, man. I went to town with fucking everything in the arsenal and then some, folks. Fucking trash cans, trash can lids, cookie sheets. Man, that cookie sheet got a fucking workout in this match. They brought out a bottle of Drano. Fuck yeah! <laughs> a bottle of Drano! So great. <laughs> Like you drink this Drano. That was than the setup for the flaming table that never happened. It truly was. It truly. <laughs> That's was. how you did. Yes, added some real excitement to the match. Of course, they ended it off with one of my favorite things, and that's tech spots. Wonderful. And you know, and it was a brutal tech spot. Not only did they, they actually landed full center. Yeah, he ended up placing it perfect. But, you know, usually when they put out a thumbtack spot, it kind of goes back and forth, you know, and, and, it, and it's usually five minutes or so before somebody actually gets the thumbtacks. No, yeah. they put the thumbtacks out, and they got used right off the day gone back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, another thing I think I'd seen before, he, um, Santana, he gets the bag attacks from, uh, from Conan, puts the tacks on the ground, and um, Conan is distracting Homicide. So when Homicide turns around, 
Does Santana kick him in the gut? Does Santana punch him? No, no. Santana grabbed a handful of tacks and threw it in his face. Like sand in somebody's face. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've never seen that shit. And then he just slammed him right onto the tacks. It was... And then he did a frog slash onto him on the tacks. I mean, usually when he brings up tacks, they're the ones that end up getting them. That didn't happen. Usually it takes a yeah. long time. And yeah, I've just never seen somebody throw tacks in their face. Now, um... <laughs> Oh, what match was it that we want to long Bucks? Was it the Briscoes? I think it was the Briscoes in the Bucks, where they had put the thumbtacks yeah, in yeah, their mouth, and then they super kicked the thumbtacks out of their mouth. That was unique. Uh, wasn't that wasn't as... this last Briscoes Bucks no, match. No, 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 it wasn't. You're right. But, but it, was, it was Briscoes Bucks. But, um, yeah, it wasn't as intense as that, but I just, I love that still in 2018, they're finding innovative ways to use these acts. Man, I've been but not on the big stages like this. Yeah. Back from the CZW end of things. Yeah. So LAX ends up winning, and they are, they remain the tag team champions, but then OGs beat the shit out of Conan, and uh, they end up going end to go on them by uh, tagging the tag belts with the OG symbol, which was kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, hey, go gang warfare. Yeah, I like a little spray paint. They yeah. should have Conan and- they should have. But oh. for what this match was, I went expecting, I was so blown away. <laughs> this is Impact. my favorite street fight in a long, long time. That's saying a lot since we've had an amazing street fight. Yeah. Wow. I will say, uh, since since you kind of brought it up and through with it, the crowd is really, they're really getting behind Impact Wrestling, aren't they? Impact's starting to get their own yeah. crowd again. Like, TNA yep. used to have their TNA. Yeah, yeah, this is Impact and uh, Impact Wrestling. And they were just really supporting Impact. They were be- very vocal mm-hmm. through everything, not just about Impact Wrestling. They were just a, a very vocal crowd. You could tell it wasn't a huge crowd. It reminded you of the old ECW it days. It was where... sold out, though. It was sold out. Maybe, but <laughs> what do you think of uh, Don Callis and Josh Matthews on commentary? I enjoy them. I, I really like having, I think Don Callis is great. And, and the fact that Josh Matthews is there and the fact that Don Callis can't talk to him without saying the name Josh really <laughs> made me feel at home like I was part of the show. <laughs> You know, I never really noticed that. I guess because my name isn't Josh. But when you said it, it's like, yeah. Oh my God, Josh. Josh. Did you just see that? <laughs> yeah, I saw it, buddy. Thanks. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think Josh has ever called him Don. <laughs> right, never. never. <laughs> I, think I never thought of that. Oh. I guess that's something. By the way, folks, if you ain't know Pasty White's real name is Josh. (laughs) What? Really? Uh, What? No. It's. It's, um. It's. It's Bert. Bert Flobane. Blur. Burfnerkter. Yes. Or Jarfunkel. Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. Garfunkel. That's, that's my newest alias. That's my 
my gaming alias. Originated while playing Ark Survival Evolved, because I just make a really weird dude, and then I was like, well, what do I name him? And I thought for a little while, I'm like, oh, Jarfunkel. You know, it, uh, got a great ring to it, and I've accepted it. I don't think it has a great ring to it, but it's very unique and memorable, Jarfunkel. It's, it's Garfunkel with a J. Or, or it's Garfunkel. It well, it's just Gar- it's still Garfunkel. You just pronounce it with a soft G. Mm-hmm. You know. But I spells it with a J. Wow, that's just stupid now. I was I was all behind <laughs> you until you fucking spelled it with a J. <laughs> then then when you go to then when you go to uh Texas, then you're gonna be Harfunkel. Hey Harfunkel. Yep. How's it going, Harfunkel? Yep. Travel far enough to the North Central, and I'm Yarfunkel. Yarfunkel. <laughs> and it works like that, too. It sounds like a name you'd hear out there, so I'll go with it. Yarfunkel. So since, Yarfunk. uh, since I, I name-dropped Don Callis, um, let's, let's just give a... Let's take a moment right now, Pasty, to give it up to Don Callis and Scott D'Amour for just turning Impact Wrestling around. They took a basically a broken fucking yeah. brand. And, uh, you know, um, Am Sports had bought it, and they would brought Jeff Jarrett back in. And, hey, you can't blame him for trying. <laughs> but, it, but it didn't work. And then... Uh, He's WWE's problem now. Right? And then Don Callis and Scott D'Amour came in as, as vice presidents, and... Um, I mean, Impact has never looked better. They have, you know, they have working agreements with... Um, oh, my God. With New Japan. Pause. they got working agreements with Ring of Honor. They've got re- working agreements you with AAA. You don't pause when I say pause. Oh. <laughs> no. Double J was just in the Hall of Fame. Yep. I remember that. WWE. Bischoff has been doing things with WWE again on a slight basis. Ric yeah. Flair's been back for a while. And fucking Hulk Hogan just Bro. got reinstated. <laughs> this uh this speaks great things for the future of WWE, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, you know? Hey, That argue- was the management team that fucked TNA in the ass, right? Um yeah. Well, um, not not so much. You said Ric Flair, right? Yeah. Ric Flair had... No, he was strictly just there as a performer. He had nothing to do with it. Um, but yes, otherwise, it was... Uh, well, it would have been... No, it would have been Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, and, Bischoff. Vince, and Vince Russo. Oh. Those God, we need Russo back in WWE then. And Dixie Carter. <laughs> Dixie Carter was part of that. So it would have been those three... Really, that would have been the downfall. Now, depending on who you believe, Eric Bischoff was really only there to be with Hulk Hogan. And according to both Hogan and Bischoff, Hogan, uh, according to Bischoff, (laughs) according to Bischoff, this is from Bischoff's mouth, and I, I, I might not be saying it exactly, but according to Bischoff, when he was asked what was Hogan brought in as... Or maybe, actually, this might have been according to Bruce Pritchard, because Bruce Pritchard was a part of the team uh, during that time also when Hulk Hogan and them came in. He was actually yep. there. Uh, it, one of them had basically said that 
when asked what was Hulk Hogan brought in as, was he, um, you know, was he part of creative? Was he a vice president? What, what was he? They said he was brought in as Hulk Hogan, like his title. It's like Impact Wrestling, Hulk Hogan, colon, Hulk Hogan. 10 inch penis and all. <laughs> Under President, colon, you know, Dixie Carter. It was Hulk Hogan as Hulk Hogan. It's fucking crazy, but I honestly, I think the, the fault just lies on Dixie. I don't even think you can blame anybody else. I believe she tried and I believe she cared. Yeah. But from everything I've seen, read, heard, it lies at Dixie's feet. I mean, and don't get me wrong, Dixie's the only reason that it even stayed alive and was around as long as it was. Because even though Jeff and Jerry Jarrett created a great brand, it was going nowhere on Fox Sports until Dixie Carter convinced her parents to drop some money into it. And, um... And Panda Entertainment, you know the the panda the panda almost killed WWF, and the panda right <laughs> temporarily saved TNA. If folks don't get these references, you got to do a little bit of research. I'm not going to spell every fucking thing out for you. I shouldn't have. <laughs> I got too many windows open. Too okay. many windows open. Kill this window. It is fall in July. Kill this window. It rained on me today. It was so cold. It was just... I was the only one complaining it was cold. Everybody's like, oh, it's great. I was like, it's it's cold. <laughs> I almost rolled my sleeves down at work today, and I love being cold. <laughs> it was not, not pleasant. Not what I expect. This summer in Minnesota has not at all been what I expected it to be. We've had maybe two days where it felt like it was over 100 degrees, but it was only like 97, 98 degrees. Yeah, but Otherwise, yeah. it's been a very mild summer, and that makes me, it makes me happy with my current occupation. <laughs> I guess I'm more southern than you. I know we had a couple days that were 99 with heat indexes above 110. Yeah. But, um, but, I mean, to be fair, our spring was nothing like we expected it either, now was it? It was all winter. Spring was all winter. Damn it. Damn it all. Damn um, it all. The next match would be probably my favorite match of the night, Pasty. Although, um, a few of them could easily be in the runnings. Yeah. What, what we can agree on is the this House is of Hard... Yeah, I think we can both agree the House of Hardcore match was just definitely not the best hardcore match. No. I think we can all uh, agree. Could possibly be on par for the worst hardcore match. Uh, the next match what is we, one of those seven W hardcore was involved, I'm sure. Oh, no, you know what? I can, Worst hardcore match was the first ever evening gown hardcore match between um, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. When they were both dressed in dresses and had to strip each other naked. That is the worst. I'm calling it right now. I'll have to watch it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was on pay-per-view, so you should be able to find it. Um, 
Next up, we have a hair versus mask match. Sammy Callahan, who I would easily put up with the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega as... Well, not actually not even Kenny Omega. Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, them guys as one of the guys who's just made one of the biggest names in independent wrestling. Um, it wasn't too long ago he was on... Was it four different shows all in one week, Pasty? He was on Impact, Lucha Underground, MLW. Maybe it was three. So what What else has a TV show? Yeah, it was show? three or four. Three or four. Um, yeah, it was easy. This was my first time. I think, I think this was my first time ever seeing him. Really? Wow. Wow. He's been around, like, long before he was even in WWE as a, uh, what did they call him there? Um, remember he was that hacker in NXT? Fuck. Nope. Oh, what uh, anyways, it was stupid. <laughs> and Crow, that's what it was. And Crow. <laughs> Solomon Grundy, raised on a Monday. But if you think back, um... One of my favorite villains. Old Solomon Grundy. But if you think back in the day, um, Sammy Callahan and... Dean Ambrose, as a young John Moxley, were in a hell of a tag team together over in uh, in uh, CZW. CZW. <clears throat> yep. And um, so, I mean, he's been around just forever. Yeah, I'm actually just now drawing connections to that, and so maybe I have seen him more than you, I thought. I'm sure you've seen. This him is the first time I've actually like seen him. Yeah. Yeah. I can see him. I love this match. I love this match so much. It got off to a start, and they were throwing... One of them got thrown out of the ring, and then Josh Matthews is like, yeah, we just got word from the ref that he's going to be calling this match very loose on account of the stipulation, which is mask versus hair match. The hair, to me, isn't as big a deal as loose did he call it? I don't think (laughs) he called anything in the room. In the entire fucking match. I mean, they might as well have called it a street fight or a death match or, you know. Yeah. They just didn't want to because they already had a hardcore match and they already had a street fight. Yep. Um, I just thought it was funny how it started with some semblance of rules and then it quickly broke down into, nope, anything's going to happen here. Well, I love how right away at the beginning they're, they're going back and forth with chops and Sammy Callahan just, he... On his own, takes off his kind of, you know, shield vest, his protective <laughs> Roman Reign vest. And he's just like, fuck it, just chop me, motherfucker. <laughs> and then, of course, Pentagon chops him and he just drops to his knees. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But, you know. It was, it was really... Oh, man. Uh, and, and pretty early on... They busted out the railroad spikes, which you don't see enough of in pro wrestling, I, th- I feel. They busted out railroad spikes. It was it was pretty nuts. Yes. Um, Sammy Callahan it was a lot of fun. tried to take the mask off a of Pentagon ahead of Ripping time. Ripping at the eye hole. Which brought a, um, you're a, was it you're a bastard or no, it was a. Was it a you're a bitch chant or what did they, man, they, I think it was a bastard. You're a bastard. I thought it was something harder than that. They, they were getting pretty vocal, man. In all these matches, impacts definitely letting the F words 
where WWE is going, you know, not not going as R-rated as some. Impact's back to just letting it go. Um, Might as well. To where later on in the match when Pentagon <laughs> breaks the referee's arm by accident, they chant, you fucked up at him. <laughs> yep. You fucked up. But yeah, no, to get to the, the spikes, obviously he was trying to take Pentagon's mask off just so that he could open some of the masks so you could see the blood. Because they let the blood come right away. Right? Oh, yeah. And um, It didn't it, last long. Well, uh, Callahan was bleeding to the very end. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Pentagon Jr. could have been bleeding for a long time, too. With it's the mask, it's hard to tell where it was bleeding through. Yeah. But if it don't bleed through, there's got to be quite a bit of blood in there. At one point... No, the railroad was... spikes made me fucking excited and happy. And let's be honest, at, at one point when he had when he got both railroad spikes and he started, like, kind of hammering the one spike with the other one, I was like, this is so fucking hokey. That's not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. But then later on, he they turned the, it up though. the bat out <laughs> and he fucking hammered it with the bat. And it was like, oh, that's awesome. And especially since, I don't know if he did this on purpose or accident, but the first time he missed the railroad spike and kind of grazed his face, which, if you folks remember, is what Jaime Callahan went to hit the baseball bat on the chair sitting on Eddie Edwards, and it slipped and busted his eye open. So that's why I was kind of like, God, was that a planned spot, or was that just an ironic accident? <laughs> but I did love how he did it. He put the, the railroad spike. I wish we had video so people could see, but he set the railroad spike so the very tip was at the top of his fist. So when he hammered it with the bat, you could see the railroad spike go down. But it was really just going into his fist, and it uh kind of hit... Um, Kind of hit his head, you know, a little bit. But I just thought that was, uh, you just, you don't see enough railroad spikes in pro wrestling. Um, like I said, uh, um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to think it's not good. A lot more chops and everything. Uh, Pentagon did go for his arm breaker on Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan got out of the arm breaker. And, uh, and then when Pentagon went back to the arm breaker again, he ended up getting the ref, as we mentioned ahead of time, as we mentioned before. And so... So he ends up breaking the ref's arm. The ref is out there. He hits his package pile driver. Goes for the pin. But of course, the ref is the ref is out. The ref is holding his arm. The ref is dying. And So he doesn't so the ref doesn't make the pin. And it's it's frustrating him, um, but just just really good. He ends up setting up four chairs. He ends up setting up four chairs. 
Yeah, I know. Sorry, folks, we're having some tef technical difficulties again. I'm trying to get through it here with Pasty, and I apologize. That's why I'm kind of distracted as I'm trying to tell you. It's always something here at, at uh, Beef Sticks Podcast. I know... But we're going to get it. And we're going to make it work. But I do have to remember what I, when and if, hopefully when, I get pasty back. i got to change the settings so everybody else can hear them. Um, what pasty doesn't realize is that he can't call me on Facebook if Facebook isn't open on my computer. So I'm opening Facebook on my computer right now so we can get Pasty back in the fold. So just bear with me. Um, <laughs> we'll get back to this match um, as soon as I as soon as I get him back. We're going to get back to the match. I just got to try to get our good friend Pasty back in the saddle. And we're going to be riding again. I don't like to be distracted trying to get things going and talking to y'all. But you know what? It's part of the name of the game. Hopefully next weekend at the Galactic Get Down, it'll be going a little smoother for us. They're supposed to have uh, Wi-Fi there. We're going to be testing it out, see how it works. Wi-Fi can get kind of iffy when you're doing these podcasts. Yes, pasty, I know, and I'm trying to get you. Can I message him? I can message him. Oh, wow, that's making it really vibrate. I like that. I like it when it vibrates like that. Sorry, I'm typing. I'm, I'm typing. I don't mean to do that. We're going to get it, folks. We're going to get it. I promise you. We're going to get it. I'm almost there. I just got to call Pasty. Connect with him. And all will be right in the world again. And we will finish up this review and get to some of the news. We got a lot of, actually, Independence news today. We tried to just uh, find more Independence news and not so much WWE news. I haven't really watched any WWE other than the pay... Yeah, I didn't watch anything since the pay-per-view. I do want to go back and watch the UK tournament. I haven't watched that yet, and I got to catch up on NXT. But other than that, yeah, I can't do anything with that. Oh, that's why I like hardwired computers, they work better. But we're getting it. We're going to get Pasty back, and I got a hold of him and let him know the sitch. 
But until then, folks. Oh, I'm trying to remember some of the news that we had. We didn't get a page brought up today because both of us were running late. We do have Chris Jericho who's been talking about trying to get in or possibly joining Impact Wrestling. Which, there are tons of dream matches there if he does. The first one that comes to mind for me is Austin Aries. But of course you got Eddie Edwards, you got Brian Cage, you got any of the AAA guys like your Pentagon Juniors and your Phoenixes. Um, ah, that, that would be really good. Now how serious is he about it? Who knows? That's kind of what the real question would be going forward. But I think it would be great. Chris Jericho has kind of made himself this generation's renaissance man, you know? And he he works WWE, and he works New Japan, and he's got his um, rock and wrestling cruise that he's doing that is going to have... Um, Ring of Honor guys on it, which is great. I mean, he's really going out there as a big name guy, putting his neck out. You know, for all you know, WWE would be spiteful and not bring him back, but that doesn't seem to be the case. WWE always seems to be willing to work with him. They brought him back for the Raw anniversary, and I don't know. I, I, I would love to see Jericho work in Impact, even if it's just a, a handful of dates. Um, the Jericho Naito, I would love to see this feud continue going on in New Japan because that's that's really got my, my whiskers tickled, if you will. So I'm excited to see that. I'm, I'm always happy to watch Chris Jericho. I'm always happy to watch Chris Jericho, wherever it may be. And whatever he may be doing. Oh, what other news did we have? This is what happens when I don't get to write the news down. I don't know what's going on. do this and work our way through this it's making it very difficult I wish I knew what happened I'm not really sure what happened all of a sudden he just wasn't talking back and I couldn't hear him and And I'm just not sure. I guess I'll keep going along. Anyways, long story short, um, Sammy Callahan ended up losing. Pentagon Jr. won with the Fear Factor package pile driver. And I mean, they actually got it all the way down there, clipped everything, shaved him down. So, you know, and then of course the, the announcers sell it as they're supposed to do and they should, but 
you had Josh Matthews over there going like, what kind of hideous monster is he going to show up looking like next week on Impact? It's like, the motherfucker got a haircut, all right? It's, it's really not the end of the world. So, but that's good. I, I like the fact that they didn't unmask Pentagon. Uh, surprisingly, I don't know that I've put a ton of work into, like, researching and hunting and looking, but Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix are two of the pro wrestlers out there that you really can't find much information on. They are full luchador. They do not make their their identities known public. They don't go out without their masks on. Very few people have seen them without their masks. When they are out without their masks on, obviously you don't know it's them. They don't ever go anywhere as Phoenix and Pentagon without their masks on. They just don't do that. So it's kind of cool that I was going to be disappointed if they unmasked him for an Impact pay-per-view. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Impact's making great strides, but if he's going to lose his mask, I want him to do it in Mexico. I want him to do it, like, for AAA. You know, maybe for Lucha Underground if that's what he wants. But, you know, if... I think it should definitely be in his home country of Mexico... And I think it should be in probably something a little more than a Sammy Callahan feud. I, I think, obviously, if it happens, it should be Pentagon versus Phoenix in a mask versus mask match, and one of them gets unmasked. Now, some would say once one's unmasked, you know who the other one is because they're brothers, but we don't know if they're kayfabe brothers or if they're shoot brothers. I don't know. You know, I don't know if... So so easily, they could do that. And maybe they are just shoot brothers and they're not. Or maybe they are kayfabe brothers, they're not shoot brothers. I don't know. That would be, that would be the way I would do it. And I would think that would be the way he would want to do it. But, who knows. Maybe if the money is ready, he'd fucking drop it. On an indie show. Who knows? You know, I can't say what somebody should or shouldn't do. But. That would be about it. Oh. And I'm trying to save. The main event. To get pasty on. This is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can save the main event to get pasty on. So hopefully here. I'm calling him. I'm calling him. And we should get him. And I will remember to switch my settings. So everybody can hear him. Oop. He's dinging me. He's dinging me pretty little pictures. Oh, this is becoming an exciting show. <laughs> oh, Pasty is snotting, he said. 
So let's see. Let's try to call him again. Yeah, I know I have a new notification. Let's see. Whoa, that was weird. I was calling Pasty, and then it rang for a second on my end. And now it's not doing anything. Oh, Facebook, why do you hate us so? Maybe we'll have to switch back to Skype. Facebook seems to really be uh, off the ball today for some reason. Come on, Facebook, work with me now. Now Pasty's calling. And I answered. But it's still ringing even though I answered. Uh, oh, now... I think we're both calling each other because I hear it ringing and ringing. Are you there, my friend? Oh my gosh. All right. Um, hold on a second. Let me change my settings. I changed my settings. Hopefully, if all is right in the world, folks, hopefully you are now listening to Pasty White back in action. I definitely didn't want to miss the main event without you, Pasty. Uh, fa man, Facebook was working against us. I would try to call you, you would it try really to call was. me, but it was not trying to connect us. <laughs> really frustrating. Uh, that was... Uh, see, and all I see in the chat is you missed a bunch of calls from me. Nothing where I missed a call. Well, like, and a couple times there, it was me ringing out and you ringing in at the same time, which was really weird, because I didn't have an answer button, and I'm guessing you didn't have an answer button, is my guess, because <laughs> it was probably just both well, just showing call. You called me, I was ringing you <laughs> to answer, and it was still ringing you after I answered. It was weird. That is, oh, man. Weird shit, <laughs> Episode seventy one. This is a new one for uh, this is a new one for beef sticks. I think I don't think we've had that one happen before. So, folks, you're along for a new ride. A ride. Keeping it going. All right, pasty. Well, I don't want to leave without you giving your opinion on on one of the best matches of the night. What did you think of the hair versus mask match? Other than I mean, I I, I don't know where we got caught up caught off i was talking about the spike to the head and where the baseball bat kind of missed and kind of it was hit. after that okay um i liked the match a lot i went into it not expecting a lot because there wasn't any say that it was gonna be uh anything goes kind of match but i'm right. glad it was I actually expected um, more of a wrestling match, personally. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was expecting, too, but they really pulled out all the fucking stops. 
dig them. The uh, the railroad spikes were were good, kind of hokey with the way they were holding them right at the end. But I mean, you, you have to do that. You don't want to put your spike through a guy's skull. Yeah, that's that's it. When you up the ante like that, you also got to go that much farther to not hurt them. Hmm. All in all, it was a great, great match. I mean, easily you can call it right at the beginning of the match. Like, the Luch is not going to have to take his mask off. The white guy is a given. But it was a lot bueno. Yes. Bueno, bueno, blood. 150 was my favorite match of the night, but that doesn't mean it was the best match of the night because I think that was this. Yeah, it's hard to... I expected to hate the 5150 Street Fight, though, and I ended up <laughs> thoroughly enjoying myself, and I think that's where it elevated my mind. Right. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you there. And I, yeah, honestly, I've never been the biggest Ortiz and Santana fan. Part of that's probably because I was a big fan of the original LAX. Uh, LAX had some great matches against the Motor City Machine Guns and against Beer Money Inc. And um, just during the LAX was was a was a big time tag team during the heyday of TNA or my favorite period of TNA's history. So I've always had a soft spot for them. More more Homicide than Hernandez, but the two of them together. I always go back to um, what what I call the the heart. Um, the I was going to say Hart Dynasty. What? Uh, why can't I think of what it's called? The Hart Foundation, where you had Brett the Hitman Hart, the small technical guy, and you had Jim the Anvil Neidhart, the brute. And that those tag teams can seem to work so great sometimes. And and that's another one where you had Homicide as Brett, and you had Hernandez as the Anvil. But. We're done talking about that one, and I think we're done with the mask versus hair, and I think we're on to the main event. Yeah, and this was just the cherry on top of, like, some of the most, I don't want to say the best two hours of wrestling I've seen in a long time, but the most unexpectedly great. There you go. In a long time. Yeah, definitely. It was an unexpected, very good um, and this is this is me watching it a day late because I did I watched it the day after it aired and I had already heard all this shit on the internet and read all this shit on the internet like praising the hell out of it. Yeah, I guess we should say too maybe before we get into the main event. I've heard nothing but positive things about this pay per view and how it's another. Well, then you got your WWE fanboys who just talk shit to talk shit, but. Well, I guess I don't... Well, yeah, see, I, I don't frequent a lot of the Facebook wrestling groups, so I don't see a lot of that. I just kind of watch and listen to different reviews. And all of those have all been real positive. And a lot of people call it another example of this being a turning point for Impact. Really good. Really, really good. And then we see Moose... Trying to wrestle the Impact Heavyweight Championship from Austin Aries. A-double, the greatest man who ever lived. As I've said before, I'm not a very big Moose fan. 
and everybody knows who's ever listened to this that I'm a huge Austin Aries mark. I love everything the man's ever touched. But Moose, Moose did all right in this one, I thought. In fact, I dare I say, if we would have done predictions for this pasty, going into this, I think I would have picked Moose to win. Just because of the big man's... Yeah, yeah, that, and I mean, Aries has had this for a while, and, you know, it just... They're, they're trying to build Moose up. This match was another good example of they're really pushing Moose and trying to build him up. They want him to be what um, the alpha male Monty Brown never ended up being, I think. And Monty Brown had all the, all the promise in the world, but he just never quite made it. And I think they look at Moose as what could be what Monty Brown could have been. Moose, Moose, Moose. You got to admit that he has a catchy chant. He does. It's just the name. <laughs> it it doesn't cut it for me. Really? Uh, I mean, he's kind of built like a moose. He is. I believe he got that nickname in football. Is my understanding? I could be making yeah. that up, though. I make a lot no. Of shit I, I believe that's true. I believe it. Because he just mowed people down like a big old moose. But um. Yeah, this was another good one that Moose really showed off his stuff, but Aries stayed looking strong throughout the whole match, I think. Um, yeah, Aries ended up hitting a brain buster on the outside, which was pretty impressive. I will say a couple times, both men, well, Moose not so much because he doesn't have championship advantage. Uh, there was a few times Austin Aries could have went for a count-out victory and chose not to. Yep. That was kind of surprising. He wanted to beat him. Uh, we got to talk about the and amazing... No, didn't get in the way this time. I mean... No. And it was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have to mention the spot where Moose goes for a, goes for a spear and A-double catches him in the last chancery. Didn't go off as smoothly as I think they hoped it would have. It was kind of jumbled, but it was still fairly impressive, I thought. Yeah. Uh, no, this was a, it was a good championship match. It, once again, my expectations were low. I haven't heard much good about Moose whatsoever. Um, A-double, you know, I, I love him. And he's really good at elevating anybody he's in a match with, much like AJ Styles. Yeah. And he did a great job at that in this. He did. He did. He really brought out the best in Moose. This may be the, this may be my favorite Moose match I've ever seen. Um, a double did end up winning. He ended up hitting a brain buster, getting a pin. No, no. Well, I take that back. He uh, distracted the referee. What did? How did he distract the referee? Oh, I don't God. remember. Uh, but somehow the referee got distracted. Austin Aries hit a low blow, did the old dick kick city, and then hit a brain buster on Moose and got the win. So he did still use some some uh, shit heel tactics, which are good. He's an awesome heel. He's an amazing heel. Um, just a really, yeah, yeah, a good championship match. Not the best championship match in the world. 
didn't top a lot of the NXT title matches we've seen recently, but just an awesome, or just a really good, I should say, title match. It was good. It it doesn't it doesn't make my favorite match of the night. It doesn't make nope. the best match of the night. But for what it's worth, it was a good way to end the pay per view. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it, it went well. I would agree. All in all, I'm, I mean, I gotta give M- Impact Slammiversary a thumbs up. Um, I think. I'm going to look up. I, I was going to do this beforehand. Then we got to do another stuff, and then all this happened. I was going to see if Dave gave his star ratings for this one yet. Okay, he did. He did. So this will be interesting. And I think we'll go through like we've done before, Pacey, and just kind of agree or disagree if we think it's right or it should be higher or lower. Uh, the Johnny Impact, Phoenix, Bone Soldier, Petey Williams match. He gave a 3.75 stars out of 5. I'd say that's generous. I would agree. I think but it should be lower. There, yeah. Like, go 3. 2.99. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I see. Can we talk about this for a second? Go. The the rampant rumor that's been going around the internet about Meltzer's ratings. I guess I, I everybody's heard of so rumor. outraged that he keeps handing out these sevens. While somebody posted on Twitter, "What if the whole time Meltzer's rating system has been out, out of 10? ten, and he just <laughs> hates wrestling?" <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. I love that idea. Yeah, that's good. What if it's always been out of ten and just nothing's nothing's tickled his fancy quite yet? That would be awesome. Uh, Tessa Blanchard versus Ali. He gave a two point seven five. I think that's I personally fair. think it should have been higher, but that sounds about what you thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, House of Hardcore match, three stars. I less, agree. far really? less. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, I'd say probably a 2.5. I think it's a very mid match. So 2.5, maybe even less. But yeah, I would agree. Less than three. Uh, yeah, I'm with yes, you. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to like a two. Two. Cage. I expected so much and was let down. And it just. Yeah. Nothing was right. Cage versus Seidel, X Division title, three point two five stars. Yeah, I I I probably wouldn't go higher than three, but I can accept that. Yeah, yeah. Sue Young versus Madison Rain, Knockouts Championship. This one surprised me. One point five stars, pasty. Really? One and a half stars. He gave that. Weird. It deserves I, more. I would agree. I thought I was impressed I'd go, by it. Out of five, I'd definitely go like a solid three point seven. Yeah. Um five one five oh we gave a three point seven five. Really? 
Really? God. Four. Four point five. And a four. I'll go four. I would, I would give it a four. I agree it should be a four. Uh, mask versus hair match. Pentagon Jr. versus Sammy Callahan. He gave a 4.25. There you go. That's fair. I would agree. Yeah, that's fair. And Austin Aries versus Moose for the Impact World Championship. He gave a 3.25 stars. Which I think is fair. Yeah, right about there. 3.25. 3.5 is what I'd say, probably. 3.75, maybe. So fairly on the ball, except for probably a little high on the House of Hardcore and a little low on the Knockouts Championship. But, again, they're just opinions. They're strictly his opinion. You know, everybody gives WWE Hall of Fame shit because there's no criteria. Dave Meltzer has no criteria for his ratings either, and he is like anybody else. You know, sometimes there's a match that, for some reason, you're the only one who thinks it's a great match, and he's allowed to have them. And the opposite's, you know, true. So, yay. It was a good good pay-per-view, and I'll definitely be keeping my eye on Impact in the future. And I think that's the best thing I could have possibly taken from watching this. Like, I have urge to watch it more. And if they sign fucking Chris Jericho, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Then we're going to have to check it out. I do think it's kind of funny, though, that he seems interested in joining. But when, like, uh, All In was brought up and, and New Japan shows in the States, he turned them down because if he's going to perform in the States, obviously it would be for WWE. So Impact's not in the but States, Impact Casey. is Canada-based. Impact, exactly. Right. Impact is not in the States. And that puts him back home. Yeah, fucking exactly. do it. Do well, it. and him and Dallas are really close friends. Really close friends. So, um, so he, he obviously he has that together. In fact, um, Chris is the guy that got Don Callis his job announcing for New Japan. And funny story. Jericho tells it better, but I'm going to pass it along here. Man was looking for American announcers. Chris Jericho said, hey, what about Don Callis? He's great. I like him. Know his work. And they were like, uh, who's Don Callis? And so Jericho was like, well, <laughs> do you know the Jackal? The Jackal from from WWE or Cyrus the Virus from ECW? And they're like, no, no, don't know who he is. He's like, all right, Killing the Town podcast. Listen to Killing the Town podcast. It's him and Lance Storm. And they, they're together. He's like, listen to that. You know, I'll vouch for him, but see what you think. So they come back later, and Don Callis like uh, sends Jericho a message like, "Man, I haven't heard anything. What what have you heard?" And he's like, "Well, they said they reached out to you." And he's like, "I haven't heard anything." So he goes back to Ghetto, and he's like, "Ghetto, what happened, man? You said you were gonna talk to him. Did you? You know, did you not like what you heard?" He's like, "Oh no, we liked what we heard, and we extended an offer." He's like, "Well, I just talked to him. He, he said he hasn't heard from you guys. No, we extended an offer." Come to find out, they extended an offer to Lance Storm, not Don Callis. <laughs> I don't know how much a lot of people know about Lance Storm, but he is the most bland and just monotonistic, not exciting guy in the fucking world. <laughs> and they, they fucking they offered it to Lance Storm. 
Oh, needless to say, Lance Storm didn't take it, and Don Callis did take it, and I think everybody is much better for it. <laughs> I yeah. just, I think it's funny of all people, Lance Storm. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, pasty. Uh, so we got some news here. We got some news to discuss. Yeah, nudes. I think we got about, well, depend, we got ten minutes left. You got kind of kicked out of some more, so if you want to go longer, Pasty, I'll leave that up to you. I feel bad that we lost you for a moment in time, but we resuscitized you. It's all right. We'll be cool. So uh, what what news did you touch on? Because I know you touched on some news while I was gone to pass the time. Um, you know, I really couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> we talked about a few things. I couldn't think of anything other than Jericho and um, Impact Wrestling. So I think that's about all I did talk about you didn't walk with elias no i know we talked the brand on, we, we new touched on that a little bit, album but you heard it I didn't. from elias in wwe yeah tracks and it's basically the same shit you hear in the ring but it's on a cd or a streaming album if you will Oh, it's worth a listen to. It's pretty good. Uh, I hate that he calls it an album because it's four songs, and that would make it an EP. But it's good. And this would be the first time WWE has backed a superstar's music career since John Cena. So I think this says some pretty good shit for Elias. Yeah, I I, I think it's awesome. I mean, uh, Elias has... So much potential. So oh, yeah. much potential. I think it's good. I think it's good for him. I think it's good for WWE. Because they they need guy. And, and I'm just worried. I'm worried that he's not going to uh, get that far. Not as far as we see him getting. But, you know, hopefully I'm 100% wrong about that. He is one guy, though, that WWE can claim as as their own. They don't have to have the stigma of being a Ring of Honor guy or an Impact guy or a New Japan wrestling guy. That's something they don't have right now unless you count Roman Reigns. Right. And Elias is actually over. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got Strowman. <clears throat> Strowman's a WWE guy. Yes, yes, he, he, you are right, Strowman is a WWE guy, and, um, he's getting there, too. You, I, I would argue he's, he's higher up than Elias. I just don't know if he has as, as long of staying power as Elias does. I worry about Strowman, he just, they gotta utilize him right. Some of those guys can be a flash in the pan, like Brodus Clay, and some of those guys can be a long-lasting, like Kane. It all depends on how WWE uses them, you know? I hope uh, Braun Strowman... We need the big guys. I like a lot of the smaller guys, and I always want to give them a chance. But you need the bigger guys in pro wrestling for pro wrestling entertaining also. You need the giants. Yeah. And Braun Strowman is just an awesome giant. I love him. It's great, and I really like how the switch between being like the kid-friendly baby face and then the the 
uh, edgy heel badass, you know. I, yep. I, I do like that they can blur that line. And he doesn't catch the same that Big Show catches when he turns, you know. Well, I yes. that, that's what, yeah, that's what I worry about. I don't think, I think it's already getting to the point where, at least when I look at him, I look at WWE doesn't know what he is. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Some of the things he's done I have thought are too cheesy. Uh, not that cheese is is bad. I'll take cheese. I'll take the, you know, Woken Matt Hardy and shit. But you gotta... I feel like you have to pick one or the other. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Well, it just depends. Strowman's character in WWE, even in the beginning, was, you know, the big brood giant. Uh, but outside of WWE, he was open about personality and when WWE decided to finally you know accept his personality for who he is and, and utilize that that's smart and they don't do that enough has anybody else seen what the picture Wrestlemania with a fucking 12 year old kid yeah that's a little overkill that was super horrible they just painted themselves in a corner and didn't know how to get out of it mm-hmm. when you talk talk about him being him has anybody else seen the picture floating around the internet and it's not photoshopped I, i've seen a few of them ron Strowman doing a promo and for no reason he had a smiley face written on his thumb just drawn on his thumb there's just he didn't do anything with it it wasn't part of the gimmick but if you uh if you if you crop crop just the part where he's holding the mic you can see his thumb and it has a little smiley face on it <laughs> it's like Aww. <laughs> I just thought that I just find that that amusing. I find that amusing. Um, the next big news that I couldn't think about until we were talking pasty, uh, which pertains to WWE, but also the other, is outspoken pothead and drug enthusiast, also one of the best independent wrestlers. Matt Riddle has pulled out of PWG's annual BOLA tournament or Battle of Los Angeles, which pasty I'm going to have to look into when that is. That's one that you and I are going to have to watch. Is, yeah. Uh, at least the main BOLA. But um, Pro Wrestling Gorilla tweeted He's out. He's pulled out more than just that. Oh, he has. Actually pulled out of a few different appearances. He has. A Pro Wrestling Gorilla said that Matt Riddle will no longer be a participant in BOLA. Trevor Lee has now entered the tournament in his place. Trevor Lee is also an amazing wrestler. Um, but yeah, he also dropped out of a over-the-top wrestling um, event in Ireland. That's going to be during SummerSlam weekend. Um, and like you said, there's been a few other ones. Rumor has it that he's heading to the WWE. Now, he has been very outspoken that he would not quit his recreational drug habit just to work in WWE unless, and this is the big asterisk, unless the money was right. He never said he never would. Um, Pacey, you have a you have a feeling about this, a thought. Uh, my thought is maybe, maybe he struck a deal with WWE like Rob Van Dam did back in the day, where he just pays fines and he'll pay them up front for his habit. I mean, 
smoking pot isn't a bad thing. And as long as he's not doing it on the job, I don't see any issue with it. Now, you have to remember, Rob Van Dam was let go from WWE for marijuana use. I get that. <laughs> times have changed. But times have also changed again, and it's becoming legal in more and more states. It's um, legal in D.C. Well, but there lies the issue. Legality has nothing to do with it. A lot of steroids are legal that WWE will not will let you go for using. So it's not really a legal matter. You can't really compare pot to steroids. Why not? I believe. It is a not all the same. Well, it's a chemical that WWE has determined they will not allow to be in the system of performers while they are under contract. They could put caffeine in there. They could put anything they want. Alcohol is one that they will not allow in the system of the performers while they're on the job. While they're on the job. 100%. Yeah. So they can say that that THC is not allowed in their performer system while they're on the job. And they should. Well, then you got to say that they have to smoke a month before they wrestle. Because it's going to be in their system pasty. There's better ways to test for it these days. They do a mouth swab now where you can tell if the person smoked the last handful of hours. There is zero tests that can determine if you have smoked pot within a, an hour or months. There are zero that are, that are at least FDA approved. There's nothing that any drug administration has ever said is authentic. Zero. And that's what they're going through right now in, like, Colorado, California, um, Canada, a lot of them places. They're going through this because there's still employers that are like, hey. But that, that's beside Time's the point. Changed. That is beside the point. Everything's coming around. Yeah. Well, right now we're talking about this guy. We're talking about WWE's current policy because if he is starting, he is going to have to follow their current policy. Um, they're not going to bring in Matt Riddle, who you and I know and have much admiration for, but very few people in WWE universe, if you will, knows the name. They're not bringing him in, I I don't think, under a special uh, contract that would have some of their guys on the main roster being like, wait a second. I don't know. Do I think that Matt Riddle would do great in WWE? I think he has the look. He has the size. I mean, everybody said Ricochet was the biggest name to be, you know, signed. But Ricochet has a ceiling he can reach in WWE, and we know that. Ask Rey Mysterio, even Mysterio, who's a former champion, he had a ceiling he could reach. He wasn't going to be multi-time champion, you know, defending it at WrestleMania against the big guys. Matt Riddle's no small guy. He's chiseled. He's got good looks. He's talented in the ring. He's got charisma. He's not a very good talker, so he has that going against him. Uh, he's a former UFC fighter. He's that got that going for him right now. With rumors that the um, the other two UFC horsewomen are, are training in NXT also. I mean, there's a lot of UFC guys coming in. Pasty. Yeah, yeah, a lot of UFC guys, a lot of UFC ladies. Uh, actually, me and Kirsten earlier were having a chat 
about uh, what's her, Shayna Baszler in NXT and how Kirsten thinks she'll be called up soon, but I think they'd be stupid to UFC females that are already on the main roster. You're just going to water it down and ruin it. You know what I mean? Isn't there only everything one? in strides? Everything in strides. Yeah. And speaking of that, rumor is Kane Velasquez has been seen in the Performance Center. Not only seen, yeah. there's video of him on ESPN.com. I have not heard anything about him getting a contract, but... What, what is he doing? Right. I'm training for the UFC and WWE's Performance Center. That's Yeah. They just don't have have any room for me to train at the UFC headquarters. And Kane Velasquez is a big name. Headlined a lot of yeah. UFC pay-per-views. <clears throat> and with Brock potentially being gone for a while to fight in UFC, I still don't think he's not re-signing a contract. I think he's signing. But yeah. he could take time off. Mm-hmm. Would that be the time oh, for definitely. Velasquez to step in and kind of run his mouth about Brock? Yeah, oh yeah, and then have that lead up to some kind of a return a year or two down the line and a WrestleMania match. I could be cool with that. My question is, now with all of these UFC people signing, how long? Because he's the one we've been waiting for for the longest fucking time. Yeah. That would be, uh... And, uh, you know, honestly, if the money's right... For, for both sides of the party, it's going to happen. There's less of a stigma on both sides nowadays. A lot of UFC guys and and fans maybe aren't diehard wrestling fans, but follow it. And vice versa. A lot of pro wrestling fans maybe aren't diehard MMA fans, but follow it. I think it'll be great. I, I liked the good old days when Ken Shamrock and Steve Blackman were were in WWF and fighting. Uh, Dan the Beast Severin. You know. I still am bummed that uh, Ken Shamrock and Dan Severin never had a one-on-one match in WWF. They were both one-in-one in UFC. Shamrock won one, Severin won one. But, I guess, how do you write it? Neither one of them would probably accept taking the loss, so you'd have to do some kind of funky finish. I don't know. I don't know. I got one more thing, Pasty, at least before we leave. It's kind of a small thing, but it's a good thing for Impact Wrestling. Their uh, global wrestling network, that they, it's kind of like their WWE network, folks, if you don't know has reached an agreement with Australia's World Series Wrestling and they're going to be um they're going to be running on their GWN and the World Series of Wrestling also is on there with Border City Wrestling, Rise, Smash, Destiny Wrestling. So the Global Wrestling Network is kind of becoming the streaming source for independent wrestling. That isn't WWE, New Japan, or Ring of Honor. It's yeah. kind of neat, That's good huh? stuff. It's good. It's good. Definitely good. And, you know, uh, 
Impact seems to be working more with Ring of Honor and, and, and New Japan as well. And that is another fantastic thing for Rick. And, you know, and WWE. They're still working with WWE and promoting at least their network, their GWN. Well, TNA. Yeah, not, they still haven't said Impact on WWE anymore. Everybody makes it seem like it's a big deal when they drop TNA now, but TNA doesn't exist. But the fact is, when they show those TNA clips, they are promoting the GWN network, which does help in Impact Wrestling. So that's kind of cool. I think. I just think it's cool that, you know... Obviously, Ring of Honor only shows their Ring of Honor stuff. New Japan only shows their New Japan stuff. I think it's cool that this network has multiple different independent promotions on its streaming service. So so you can look at multiple different ones. That's neat. And they're and they're they're global. I mean, it's called the Global Wrestling Network and they have um, they have ones from Ireland and they have ones from Australia and I think that's just really cool. You do, you, either you've left me or you're just leaving me on, uh, hanging on my words. I'm leaving you hanging. <laughs> Concrete dongs. Concrete dings. Huh. Joey Ryan and Concrete Davidson are are a tag team under the name Concrete Dongs. Nice. They're they're part of the um that World Series wrestling. I'm telling you, Joey Ryan is dead. He was strangled by Hangman Page. (laughs) Uh, man, this looks like a good this World Series of Wrestling. Um, they got some good shit there. They've got Brian Cage, Tessa Blanchard, Ricochet, Marty Skrull, Young Bucks, Matt Riddle, Zack Sabre Jr., the Briscoe Brothers, Joey Ryan. Wow. That's not bad. They've got some real good names on there. I've, I can honestly say I've never watched World Series Wrestling from Australia, so... Um, maybe this fine young gentleman who's been yelling at me on... Uh, Facebook Messenger from Australia knows a little more about it, and we can bring him on the show and talk about it. Well, well there you go. It'll make him yes, happy. More guests. Happy. More guests, and we want to be guests, too. We want to pop up on other podcasts. Have other podcasters join us, because that's what the community's for, right? Because! Yeah, that's another thing we're working on, folks, is getting more names and voices through here and giving you more opinions. Good stuff. Pacey, you got anything else for the folks? We're at just over two hours now. I, I think we're good for the week. Keep in mind, folks, that once again, next week, we will not be broadcasting at our normal time. Yet, looking at you live from the ground. Yes. Beautiful Houston, Minnesota. I've heard good things about it. I still have no idea what it's like and never been there, but I've heard a lot of people say there's some beautiful countryside there. Maybe we'll get a chance to do a little bit of walking. That would be nice. Would be. <coughs> but yeah.
Thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for podcast, tuning in. Podcast full of problems, but we're still here. Still kicking ass. <laughs> Chocolate days. And with that, we're going to end it on chocolate titties.